you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. Jordan. Hello. How good of a bow hunter are you? The best. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my best days, I'm subpar. That's the old saying. Season just opened, so I don't know yet. Yeah, I have I have yet to figure it out what kind of bow hunter I am this year. Yeah, you never know. It goes day to day. I'm Last little, year, I'm a little left and high. <laughs> yeah, I'm usually a little over the back. I was talking to uh, um, Will Dixon yesterday. Will was saying he had a buddy, and I don't know if his buddy would care or if his buddy listens to this podcast, but he was telling me about this guy that I guess I, mean, I guess they're good buddies and they shoot over at his house a lot. Mm-hmm. And he said, when this guy, he said, he said, there's probably 15 arrows somewhere in my yard right now, and 13 out of the 15 are all out of this one guy. He said if you saw him shoot a target, you'd cringe and hope he doesn't go hunting, but every time he shoots at a deer – he kills it. Hmm. Just one. He said, "I don't know what it is. It's the dangest thing you've ever seen. I don't know, but I don't know. I could ramble for a while. Uh, back in the summer, when we were asking for podcast topics and all that, uh, the one of the ones that we've hit on, like we talked about food plots last week, and then one of the, this was a topic that we got like I don't know how many people wrote in stuff that was archery related. So we'll go in on that." Uh, specifically, like for some, we got a lot just saying, "Hey, what setups? What are your, you know, top to bottom setups? The bow, the arrows, the rest, the sights, all that stuff." Um, so let's just go straight into that first. The Troy, like bow, everything. What's your setup? Um, right now, which here we are, what second week of October, and we've been fortunate to already have been elk hunting. But my setup right now is a Matthews Triax. Um, and it's weird for me, and I don't know, I think we've all talked about this when they talked about coming out with this bow. It's weird for me because I've always been a good short axle to axle bow shooter. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, nobody can give me a reason why, but for me, I personally think it's because I have a short torso. Mm-hmm. Um, from my waist to my shoulders, I'm not a long person. Whereas, like Lake or something like that, are you? Yeah, see, I opposite of you, I shoot a longer bow better. Um, years ago, I, I shot a, a a very short axle to axle bow that PSE made, uh, the Firestorm, and man, it was like picking up a good rifle, mm-hmm. and you just picked it up and drew it back and pulled the trigger, and I and I could, I was really, I, I love that bow, and and this triax is the same way for me. Um, with it, I'm shooting the Black Gold Revenge Dovetail Base, uh, five pins. I shoot Black Gold, I mean, um, Gold Tip Kinetic Chaos 340s out of this triax with a 10-inch stabilizer from B-Stinger, Ripcord Micro Max Black Rest with 100 grain Rage hypodermics you shooting the tripens or just the no like just the hypodermic hypodermic plus mm-hmm. piece uh i haven't no, I, I haven't a shot two inch hypodermic two inch hypodermic yeah yeah 
hypodermic. Hypodermic. So you know was, why they call it hypo, not hyper? Why? I don't know. Listen, here's a rabbit hole I want to chase. I think it's worth chasing. Five pin sights. Have you ever shot anything other than a five pin sight? Yeah. Not in the last three years, but yes, I have. Um, I'll be honest with you. One of my favorite sights I ever shot, and I still have it, was old Keller Pendulum. Yeah. A pendulum sight? That's what my first one, my dad's bow. Yeah. yeah, I still got it. And look, I, I don't know without a shadow of a doubt, back in the day we used to pack the, the rod with Vaseline so they wouldn't rattle when you mm-hmm. shot. But to this day, I guarantee I could take that sight, put it on my bow, and kill a deer with it and, and trust it. It's, it was that good. Yeah. And to look at the way that site built is built now to what is built now, you go, how in the world we ever kill anything with yeah. that? It was, it yeah. was, it was, it I took had, the guessing game out. I had a white fingernail polish on the end of mine because yeah. I never could get my light to work. The the <laughs> uh, the first bow I ever had, the sight on it, I remember because uh, you know, you know, now you try to take you know the ring of your sight, line it up in your peep to make sure everything's right. The first sight that was on my bow. It was so old. I, I I couldn't tell you what brand it was, but the the housing of the site was square. Yeah, <laughs> that's an old uh, yeah. True Glow site. Yeah, I think so. Is it? It was square. So like the whole line it up, you know, anchor every time. I don't know where I was. You, you just gotta kinda, get a square pin. That's it. I mean, a peep. square peep the size. The first sight I ever had was on a recurve, a bare recurve that I had, and I tried to make it out of a clothes hanger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever? Uh, y'all ever shoot one pin sights other than the pendulum? Not at deer, I haven't. You know, I shot a lot with target archery with adjustable, but it always freaked me out what, having to change the sight yeah. around while the deer's standing there. See, one pin sight's the same thing. One pin sight's always, I was always scared of them. And the only way I could see myself shooting a one pin sight is if I had it set at like 25 yards and I knew if the deer was 30 and in, I could shoot. Yeah, and you'd have to learn where you shoot at on a deer's body for me. I yeah. don't trust myself enough to move the sight while the deer is uh-uh. actually coming. Uh-uh. That's why, um, like, now, like I'm shooting the uh, black gold pure adrenaline. Yeah, and I got the same sight. Yeah, and it's adjustable. It's a roller. You can adjust it, but it has three pins on it. And while on the topic, of, I've been shooting five pins for the past mm, four years, but I I just started thinking about it, and, I, you know, especially here hunting at Cottonmouth, you know, you don't virtually ever shoot at a deer over 40 yards. Well, I think that speaks for just about anywhere in the – or about anywhere other than out west yeah. where those guys can spot and stalk have opportunity to shoot over 100 yards. I'm a simple guy. I, I'm, I'm, I've always been very, very simple on everything, bows, guns. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I find something that works for me, I leave it there. And I try to keep it as simple as I can because because think about the way we are versus the way some folks are. We travel a lot, we move a lot, we're going and coming and going and coming. Yeah. So I want to be able to put my pull my bow out of a case, look at it, and, and look at every piece on it, i.e. my sight, my rest, and the, the little bit that I have on my bow and say, yeah, everything's where it's supposed to be. Let's go hunt. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and like that's kind of why, like I said, I was that uh, black gold pure adrenaline. I wanted the ability to shoot to, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards, mm-hmm. just messing around, you know, at the target range. But mm-hmm. I, I'm down. I'm never going to shoot at a whitetail that far. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why I got that, that adrenaline's got that roller on it where I can, you know, adjust the pins. But I say the three pins I have set at 20, 30, and 40 because, like I said, that's all I'll need mm-hmm. for hunting situations. And I wanted and as to as fast take, as that bow is at – 
20 you put your pins on them dang they're all three of your pins on a deer yeah seriously i mean yeah that's um because i'm shooting i'm shooting the tracks too um i have a 29 and a half inch draw what's uh, your draw troy 28 28 i would i'd be curious we need to get a chronograph and see what the difference is in an inch and a half draw length wonder what the speed difference is i'd be curious to see 400 i mean 340s i'm shooting 300s I started. I started shooting. I was shooting three forties until uh, last year when mm-hmm. I did that elk hunt. I just wanted. I was so, you know, you know. I guess just wired up, wanting to make sure everything was perfect. I, I didn't want to. I mean, I didn't go two fifty extreme like like Jordan shoots his that spine. But I thought three hundred was plenty enough, mm-hmm. and it flew. It, it tuned so well. The three hundreds did out of my bow. Their uh, gold tip uh, Pierce Platinums three hundred spine, and they tuned so well. And they cut through that. I shot that elk first with it, and it cut through that elk like hot mm-hmm. butter. And then I shot that big coal four point last year. It blew through him, and I've just been so happy with that. I just didn't want to change it, you know. Which I would think on those 300s you're shooting in Troy's 340s, mm-hmm. there's not but like a tenth of a grain difference it's in the actually. Inch. Actually, Troy's are heavier than mine, yeah. You're because those, those kinetic chaoses yeah. are a lot beefier air than what we're shooting, yeah. And that's that's something that's worked for me over the years, always has. Um, you know, back in the full metal jacket days, you, you couldn't talk me out of a full metal jacket. It was, yeah. it was an incredible hour. It was, it, it gave me everything I needed, yeah. whether it was elk, deer, it didn't matter. What veins are you shooting? You know, this is two inch blazers. Yeah. Um, three fletch instead of four. No, is it, are you no helical shoot? or are they straight? They're straight. I shot helical last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, honestly, like I, there was no other deciding factor other than we were kind of in a rush. And at last year, I fletched them myself because mm-hmm. Jordan had a helical fletcher. And this year, we were about to leave for elk, and I was just like, I'll just get the factory to fletch them. And mm-hmm. I mean, and it didn't. I didn't. I didn't get that much out of a difference of them to make me want to. That do is that. a neat thing about low tip. Now you can order your arrows online. You can basically build your arrow for like sure. You and they'll do helical up to yeah. different increments. You know, they'll do yeah. whatever you want. That's for pretty sure. neat. It's it's called BOA. Build your own arrow yeah. on their website. That's yeah. pretty sharp. Yeah, yeah. I, that's where I ordered mine this year. We were testing them out. I built some on there, and they sent them to me, and everything I ordered was there. Yeah, that is a good point. Yep, shout out to Gold Tip for that new feature. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty – cool. you can get it so, uh, like, you can build your arrow, like, to the – like, how, how detailed are, like, the measurements? Like They, you, uh, they go within a quarter of inch, quarter inch length. Right. Yeah, and that's but pretty like – you can – got, like, four or five different vein types, different helical – settings different knocks yeah degrees on your helical yeah that's pretty cool deal different inserts weight forward all all that and it's pretty the thing i liked about it the best at the end of it told you what your total grain per arrow was yeah well then and they had the they have the picture at the top so you can look at the arrow while you're building it Mm -hmm. so you kind of know what what you're coming with i mean it's it was uh I was kind of skeptical about it when they told because i know i mean we're all finicky about our arrows you know yeah so but you know they had us go through that process before they opened it and it was i mean and that is a good thing about being finicky about your arrows because you're building your arrow the way you want it. and who better to build your arrow than the person at the arrow manufacturer right. yeah. yeah that's the guy that's got all the right tools <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. no doubt and if he screws one up he just throws it away and builds you another one <laughs> uh, so here's a good question while on the subject of bows i know we're kind of running on tangents here if you what what would you weigh out to be the more important one speed or straight up you know kinetic like if you were gonna here's an example if you were for instance jordan Mm -hmm. you're shooting a i I know your answer this kind of because you shoot a 250 spine arrow i've got a bulldozer of a bow why are you shooting a 250 spine 
and getting you know what are you getting now like 280 yeah something around there 285 which yeah. that bow is rated at like 250 or 240 something i right. think a, and i got a long draw 29 and a half inch and but i like those heavy arrows just for the purpose of if i do mess up and hit something in the shoulder i'm gonna break that shoulder yeah. and blow through it which again i'm glad you brought that up i got a instagram question today mm-hmm. from a guy he said he's you know i feel bad for the guy he had a sad story he said he shot i don't know where he's from but uh he shot he shot three deer already yeah two and they're all been in the shoulder he's recovered one so i think somewhere but i know he, sh- he shot three deer in the shoulder mm-hmm. and he, he was asking me if he needed to switch to a different broadhead and i was like man if if, if i were you before I start switching broadheads, I would just try to focus on not hitting that shoulder because you're not going to find a broadhead that says this is perfect for shoulder shots, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, it don't matter what you do. If you hit them in the right spot in that shoulder, it's not going yeah. through. But you bring up a good point. You know, there there are things you can do. Like I said, you know, a a 29-and-a-half-inch bow at 65 pounds shooting a 250 spine arrow, you're probably going to get more penetration than you would. You definitely get more penetration than you would shooting a 400 spine arrow yeah, or a 340. Think, you know, I've rated, you know, my, according to the ratings for what size of arrow, I think I'm supposed to be shooting a 340 is what they, is the right size I'm supposed to be shooting, but I beefed it up just for that yeah. purpose. Because just like you were talking about, we don't shoot over 40 yards ever hardly. Right. And, uh, I mean, unless a deer is like, really relaxed and not going anywhere is the only way we're going to take that shot yeah but if i mean the speed's not that crucial to me unless they're yeah. past 40 maybe yeah and that, i mean i would rather have as much weight as i can anyway mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm much more i mean would you rather get on. hit by a prius or a dump truck i'd rather not get hit by either but i you see know, your but point if you get hit by a dump truck <laughs> things yeah. are not going to look as good yeah. i don't think if you get hit by a prius yeah I get what you're saying. There's a lot of factors in in shooting a heavy setup. Yeah. In my mind, it's especially nowadays. Like all of us, we're all shooting rage. So right there, you're losing kinetic energy. You're mm-hmm. trying to open a broad yeah. head. So yeah. Push more weight. Push more through. You see some of these guys in today's world shooting these super, super, super light arrows, just little bitty things. And to me, the the, the lighter you get, the closer you get to dry firing that bow. Yeah. And the the, the less to me, it's it, it takes takes more of the life out of your bow. Not to mention the noise that it's going to make. Right. Um, I'm, I've always been a heavy spined arrow shot. I love man. I love pushing it through them. I yeah. want them to know they got hit no matter what. And if you're a little off left or right, or the deer reacts, and you're shooting big expandable broadheads, you're just pushing through them. Yeah. I love having two holes instead of one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking on penetration. Yeah. You know, I mean, like uh, I, I talked to a guy. Mm-hmm. This has been a while back, but he was having problems with. I mean, he was shooting deer in the right area, you know, in lungs and stuff, and he wouldn't get the penetration once. So I asked him what his setup was, and he was shooting relative. I think he was shooting like maybe f- around fifty-ish pounds, no more. Yeah. I mean, well, not sixty, and he was shooting like four hundred spine arrows. I was like, dude, you're throwing grass blades at him. Yeah, you man, know? especially if you're going to shoot any type of expandable broadhead. Yeah, and he was shooting expandable too. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I shoot rage, but I shoot, you know, I got. Well, we shoot rage because they have such a big hole. Right. But, but I like having that knockdown behind it right. to open I, them I'm up on both sides. Seventy pounds and a three hundred spine arrow. I mean, you can shoot a deer with a field tip and kill it if you hit it in the lungs, but good luck finding it by blood trail. Right. Yeah. That's what um I was talking to I Levi. Seen that happen. Yeah. I remember you did it, didn't you? No, I seen somebody do it. I oh. walked up and they were waiting waiting for me, and it was a, it was a girl from a sporting goods store, Dick Sporting Goods, years ago. 
and walked up to the food plot and she had her arrow sticking in the food plot with a aluminite lit up and walked up and she says, yeah, there's my arrow, I found my arrow and here's blood. And so everybody started walking. I picked up an arrow and started following behind them and we went about 40 yards and out of the food plot we walked and for some reason I just wanted to look down at the arrow, see what it looked like and I'm looking at it and I went down to the tip and I'm like, <laughs> and it was the rage blue. That's oh, with a practice tip. Oh, shot with a practice tip. I said, hey, I can't remember her, I think her name was Stephanie. I said, did you shoot this arrow? She says, yeah, why? I said, hmm, I bet he's going to To myself, I thought that deer, when I went another 20 yards, and he was piled up. And she really? said, I punched him both long. <laughs> Shot it with the practice, yeah, too. Yeah, but that's the beauty that I like about having a big kinetic shooting bow. Yeah. And having that big old cut, man. Oh, yeah. It's like pouring blood out of a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, I think uh, Levi was – I was talking to Levi last year, and he said his general rule of thumb is he likes to make sure an arrow weighs – he doesn't like to shoot big game with an arrow that weighs less than 400 grams. Yeah. We're all over 400. I think oh, mine's yeah. close to five. Yeah. You know, 25 years ago when, when the let off on bows was nowhere near what it is now, people were backing down on poundage. And we were yeah. shooting big, heavy aluminum arrows and big, giant broadheads. It was a little bit different back then. But now, shoot, you can draw a bow back and sit down and have a conversation with somebody and hold it long enough to where it doesn't really bother yeah. That's one thing about my setup, too. I'm only shooting 66 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you think some big, fat boy like me, I'd be shooting as much as I could pull back. But... I love shooting that lighter four, and you wouldn't think it makes that big a difference four mm-hmm. pounds, but it does in your hold off. You know when you're holding the bow yeah. back, yeah, and being able to pull back smoothly. So it's not always about speeds. What it boils down to on well, hunting. Well, I, and I'm thinking about like again, I'm I'm thinking about uh, the fella that shot the three deer in the shoulder. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, knowing being around, you know, we've all from doing what we do, we've all been around a lot mm-hmm. of bow hunting. And I'm just thinking that there's probably a lot of different factors going on there that could be potential problems. Could have been a lot quarter and two, quartering away, well, straight I'm, down. I'm thinking about too, like you know, if he, sh- he shot three of them, um, it could be a chance, like you said, he could be pulling back too much weight. Yeah, you not know, being he, able to get yeah. in steady. And he's, you know, if you, you know, if you're target shooting and you don't have to, you don't have to hold back that long. If he's in a situation where he has to hold draw for very long and it's putting pressure on him, that could make his shot change. If he's gripping his bow wrong and, you know, if he's getting nervous and gripping the stew out of his bow handle, then he could be torquing it yeah. when he's shooting it. Yeah. Um, My other question to him would be how far shots are you taking to? That's a good point. You, know, you shoot it. A lot of times you hit a deer in the shoulder at 15 yards with a, with a good heavy setup, especially if it's in the shoulder blade, you'll blow through that oh, shoulder yeah. blade with yeah. a good setup. But if you're shooting at a deer 45, 50, 60 yards, yeah, mm, who knows uh, what's gonna happen? And there's the chance too. Um, like I said, if he's shooting a light arrow and he is close and he stuck it in the shoulder and just didn't find it, it happens. Um, I talked to you know I talked to Tim Gillingham about it a few years ago. Wilbur's big on it. Is the the third axis adjustment on your sight? Mm-hmm. That's big on you know that could change things. What is a third axis? A lot of people don't. I didn't know what it was till I met Wilbur Primos. You, you can probably explain it better. Than, here's my like honestly, the depth of my knowledge on a third axis on adjusting on the site is i know i went to will's house we lined it up he helped me adjust it and that made sure that your angle's right that's First all time i, I ever that's heard third axis my thought was oh lord that's all we need is another cam on a boat because yeah. <laughs> i mean like, look, i'm not going to pretend i'm not going to pretend to know a lot about something i don't know about i just yeah. know it's supposed it's supposed to correct your angle well, i do know you know form when you're in a tree shooting at a downward angle changes a lot yeah you're supposed to twist your waist and not move your arm down yeah, or move you, your shoulders and everything not don't ever move your form yeah because that could change your that yeah. will change your anchor yep, you're yeah. going to think about that when you draw them back in the tree 
Yeah, sometimes. I can't got time. I can't. Well, that's the whole – I, I said that I before, too. You know, like you don't think about it, but the whole idea is that you practice enough to where you don't have to think it's, about it's it. It's muscle memory. Yeah. It's just like playing golf. You know, you look at these guys that, that – I don't play golf, but you think of the pros. They practice and they practice. And you would think at some point in time, dude, you got to be good enough, right? No, you yeah. got to keep practicing. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I've got – so the, the, I know I'm still like the guy that shot the deer – in the shoulder like so there's there's that too there could be i mean like how much you practice and how much you shooting your bow because you know i mean if you're shooting your bow one time out of the week and then you know i mean it, it seems like a lot but seriously you, you know you shoot a lot like we're talking it's muscle memory you get to the point you know a, a big buck or even you know i get jazzed up over a doe Heck but yeah. and you don't uh when when it's happening you don't you know usually your mind doesn't think about you know draw back anchor make sure your peeps lined up the whole point of practicing a lot is you do it so much that it just you don't have to think about it it, it becomes just, second nature everything happens. fits and that's that's and, and that's trusting your equipment and shooting your equipment yeah. to know that you trust yeah it. it's yeah. just like us when a deer comes out the first thing we do is hit record yeah. most of the time try yeah. to try to sometimes, sometimes i hit it too many times I'm so glad that little red button flashes at the top <laughs> yeah not, i would never get it mm. um so what about like we've gotten like stabilizer questions too yeah how much how much of a difference do stabilizers make do you really need a stabilizer what's the deal with the back bar um i started shooting a, i didn't shoot a back bar until last year yeah uh, and i it made a huge huge difference for it me make, it makes a big difference depending on what bow they're all different you can't put my setup on somebody else's bow even though it's a tracks and it's going to shoot the same oh yeah that's the same thing with all bows everything is dependent upon the individual yeah yeah but I mean, I love a back bar just because when I pull back and let all the uh, torque off my hand, there's nothing that moves. It doesn't can't sideways or front ways or anything. It's just sitting there, and that's what I love about having a back bar. But it's tricky to get set up right. Yeah, you got to get it balanced good. Yeah, you're putting weights on the back, taking weights off the front, just getting that's, it where you want it. That's a good point to bring up because I know there have been a lot of people that you know they order. Um, you know, we all shoot bee stingers. Say you order, a, you know, some, some stabilizers from bee stinger. Yeah. They come in, you just take them straight out of the box, slap them on your bow, and boom, go. You may get lucky, and that works out perfect for you, but yeah. it comes with the ability to take weights off, put put more weights on, so you can, you're supposed to balance it to your bow correctly. Yep. It's a, it's a, it took me about a week, week and a half. I told you, I was like, man, I'm struggling shooting this Tri-X. I don't like it as much as I do my 32, but once I finally got my weights figured right. out, started just hammering with yeah. it yeah what's it, i mean you know it's just time put in and yeah. figuring it out Troy, you don't you don't shoot a back bar i don't I, I shot ben's the other day on his bow and you know ben man was trying to get his bow to paper tune the other day and was struggling with it and we all kind of helped him with it more jordan than anybody but i i'm not so sure that it was the bow because jordan shot it and it center punched i shot it and it center punched and it was just something that ben was doing based on his setup but i did shoot his bow and i liked it only thing I don't like is it made the bow real heavy. Yeah, um, Ben's got a lot of weight. He does, yeah, he and, put and it's, it's a lot, and, and I get it, and ain't no doubt about it. When you when you draw it back and put your pin there, that joker is it's yeah. like you on a bench. Ben put an excessive amount of yeah. weights on that now, bow. He's I trying to be if, Levi, and I don't know if Ben's going to use that to hunt with. I'm, I'm most sure he is if he makes it work. But for me, that would almost be a little bit too much for me because oh, yeah. again, I'm simple, yeah. and, and I want to be able to pull my bow in the tree and. You know, they cut all that stuff out of that bow to make it as light as they can. I won't keep it as light as they mm-hmm. can. Yeah, I mean, his, I mean that bow is heavy. It's fat, it's yeah. Which, again, heavy. a bow is based on the individual. It's, yeah, you know, it's right. what you want. I would personally would not like my bow that way, but Ben thinks it's awesome. So, I mean, I mean if he You can, look at Levi's setup, Levi's got like a 
pound and a half of weight on the back on his back bar. I'm looking at it. It's like, what are you gonna do with that? Knock somebody out? Yeah, but at least in case you miss with your hour, just chunk your stable. <laughs> Levi also has orangutan arms and works out and drinks Mountain Ops every day. True, true. <laughs> <laughs> He's got well, like Jim, a 45 inch draw length. Yeah, a, Jimmy eats fried chicken and drinks Diet Dr Pepper. So what's what you trying to say? A sub he, one. He can, pull, he can pull that trigger on that sub one <laughs> real good. <laughs> a, mission, a mission sub one <laughs> takes a lot out of that equation well yeah well, we're talking about back bars you know you've got more weight than i do yeah as far as front and back but i've only got like i think two ounces on the front and four ounces on the back it's yeah. not much just enough to get it balanced out i took honestly have you seen like i think i should pay more attention i'm pretty sure i only got like one one of those weight discs on the, on my front okay. stabilizer well, and it looks funny like yeah. it looks like it wasn't but it like again it's all it's about taking time to go out there and experiment with it figuring out what works best for you and the when best. i did that it was i mean it like i draw back i put it on the dot and that that sight picture sits yeah. there and i was like this is it the best thing you can do to figure all this out is draw your bow back with your eyes closed and get to your form where it feels comfortable. Open your eyes and see where everything's at. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do. If yeah. you pull back, open your eyes, no torque on your handle or anything, and open your eyes, everything's lined up, you're good to go. Don't matter if you got a stabilizer or not. Yeah. What do you think the percentage is of bow hunters in North America that have taken the time to make sure that they have a draw link that fits them properly? Oh, not many. <laughs> My dad. Thing with a gun. How many let, people have guns that don't fit them? Yeah. Yeah. Listen to a Bo Blissett story. <laughs> this is my dad talking. Does, does Bo listen to this podcast? I hope not. He We're needs to. Tell to a story on him. <laughs> so you want to hear a story about draw length? Let me tell you this one. Okay. This your daddy? Yeah, Bo Blissett. This is a Bo Blissett okay. original. Okay. So he calls me the other day. He's got a crossbow. It's like a 1992 model crossbow. <laughs> Weighs about 60 pounds. And uh, he said, hey, man, I got somebody that wants to trade for me with a bow. I was like, well, okay, uh, what kind is it? What is it about this, this, this? He's like, oh, it's a 50 to 70-pound bow. It's got 30-inch draw. And looks real clean, man. Looks real clean. It's got a brand-new sight on it, man. If y'all don't know my dad, he says man a lot. It does. But I was like, well, daddy, that's not going to fit you. What's oh, yeah, yeah, Will, man. It ain't but 30 inches. I, I, I was like, what uh, what draw length are you? I don't know, man. I don't know. Hang on. You got to understand for y'all that are listening, but George's dad is about, was he like 5'8"? Yeah, he's like, I'm. he's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, and has the arms that, arm length of a man he's, of 5'8". He's got a 26 and a half, 27 inch draw. Yeah. <laughs> And he's wanting to trade for the 30-inch draw bow. And he can't understand it's not going to fit him. He's going to scrape every bit of skin off his arm he has. But anyway. He, I was waiting for you to say something like it was a 30-inch axle-to-axle bow or something. No, uh, it's like a 45-inch axle-to-axle bow. So sorry. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he made the trade, and he gets it and shoots it. And, of course, it doesn't fit him, and he said it hit his arm. And But oh, that, yeah. long short story short, get a bow that fits you. Yeah. Everyone, no one thinks, I mean, and I get it because I was that same way yeah. when you just, when you don't, hadn't spent that much time around it. And you're like, it's not going to fit you. Ah, well, it, I can make it work. No, no. You know, here's the key on that for me is the information is out there and everybody thinks they know everything about bows. 
and and you can go online and get whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna if you're just getting into it, and even if you're not, and even if you've been bow hunting a long time, go to the professionals. Yeah. Let them do it for you. Don't put your pride aside and say, "Hey, I want to make sure everything on this bow is right." And once you get it set up right, and they do it the way you want it, then you tinker with it. Yeah. yeah. If anything happens after that, it's your fault. But mm-hmm. man, a good bow that fits you right. I've seen people that want to try to get into archery and wind up shooting a bow that doesn't fit them right. and they don't have any fun because they can't hit what they're yeah. shooting at. Yeah. But then you get them set up and get them with a bow that fits them and they're like, man, this is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the other argument too is a lot of times when people are in those situations where they're going to get, you know, like say for your, your dad, for example, a lot of times it's guys buying a used bow yeah. and they find what they think to be a good deal because they make and get it for cheap and they're like, I could buy a bow that fits me but it's going to cost me more than this one that maybe doesn't fit me that well and it's a lot cheaper you're going to end up what's going to happen is you're not going to be able to shoot it right you're going to end up spending more money because yeah. you you know because you're gonna i mean it's just it's it's facts you got to have a bow that fits you you're not going to be able to shoot a way to get y'all into a very close ballpark on your draw length is measure your wingspan tip to tip fingers and divide it by 2.5 and that will get you really close on what draw you are yeah it'll get you within a half inch to yeah. get you started that'll work and like troy said if you any any archery pro shop yeah. can, can tell you what kind of draw length you mm-hmm. have that's a hundred percent yeah there's no better way to go in there and look i would much rather walk into a place and 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 draw back 25 bows than draw back one bow that i think might work for me mm-hmm. right no yeah. doubt that's it's like, a, even it's like if, going to a shoe store if you went to the shoe store to buy one shoe one pair of shoes you wouldn't have to go to the shoes you get a pair of shoes you wouldn't yeah. be trying it on yeah, yeah. And, and that's a good point too if you're even like thinking about it just go to an archery store and just shoot a bunch of different bows yeah. get a feel for it that's yeah. i mean that's that's the key to it one thing I've, I've had happen to me since i quit growing my draw length has changed in the last five years that's grown, weird grown yeah. or shrunk it's grown <laughs> I guess my body kept growing because I'm 28 years old, but I gained a half inch in draw in the last five years. Huh. It's a weird deal. So I, I suggest people check it every few years and make sure you're still good. Yeah. That's because your sternum's split in half. Probably. From carrying all this heavy camera equipment, <laughs> my were, shoulders split. Yeah, you were starting to look a little uneven there at the shoulders. We huh. didn't want to say anything, but you're a little crooked. <laughs> Come January 31st, we're all uneven. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it sure has. I shot a 29-inch draw forever. I mean, it was legit, too. Fit me good. And and I remeasured myself a few years ago, and I said it needed a 29.5, and I got one and started shooting a lot better. Yeah. So I don't know. if At one point, I was shooting 29 perfect, so – Something that's a happened. good that's a good point um a half inch different draw length makes a big difference yeah oh because that's what i was going to bring up is a lot of times when you talk about making these what seem to be minor adjustments you know like changing your draw length by a half inch getting you know maybe going from a 340 spine arrow to a four to a 400 or going up mm-hmm. to a 300 or um you know stuff like that you would think everyone's like man i'm shooting this i've been shooting this forever it's not going to make that big of a difference. Every time that, like, for here's a for instance. The first year I worked uh, at Primo's, I was shooting a 28-and-a-half-inch uh, bow. And I think it was Will that saw it. And he said, that bow's too short for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? I've always shot this. And I went from a 28-and-a-half to a 29-and-a-half. And the results were instantaneous. Mm-hmm. It's the same way with uh, when I went from shooting, you know, 340 spined arrows. I, was, I shot 400s at one point. Now I'm shooting 300s. How the consistency of of how I'm shooting was the the results were immediate. Yeah. So it, it's I mean it's it's worth it. It's absolutely worth the it. The difference in a 
uh, quarter of an inch difference in your peep height too makes a world of difference oh, in comfortability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll be so out of whack if your peep's too low or too high. You'll be cocking your head sideways, yeah. and that's going to make you shoot inconsistent. Very much. It's a bunch of little things you can do to get them right, and it makes a world of difference. Oh yeah. There's a lot of technological things that you can do to a bow now, and and I think one of the things too is is why I always go back to going back to a pro shop or somebody having somebody there watching you shoot especially if you've been shooting just like Lake you just mm-hmm. said a second ago about Wilbur I've always shot this bow to be able to sit there and look at somebody and somebody that knows what they're looking at can help break you with some real bad habits that you've yeah. been been yeah. used to doing a long time that's gonna sometimes change is hard but sometimes change is really good if you oh, do yeah. it right and somebody's looking at you one of the neatest things I, I've done in, in the in the last couple of weeks when we were in Colorado, you and I, and we were filming Brad and everybody, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mike shooting their bows. Right. We started shooting some of that stuff on 180 frames a second. Yeah. You'd be amazed what a person will do when you shoot them at 180 frames a second yeah. and watch them shoot a gun or a bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, could, you could pick out every little flaw. And and I was watching Ben shot me while y'all were hunting with Brad uh, and Wilbur and um, uh, Mitch when we was in New Mexico. Oh, right, right, right. Ben was shooting some stuff with me, and we shot a bunch in slow-mo. And I just going back, load, loading the footage, and I got to looking at it, and I'm like, and I was watching myself when, when I would shoot, my, my bow sitting in the pocket of my hand, but when I pulled the trigger, my middle finger grabs my bow. Yeah. It just grabs my bow, and if you watch it in slow motion, you see the bow torque. You can torque mm-hmm. it, yeah. And it ain't much, but I caught that, and I was like, so now, so what I started doing is made sure and put my finger, I used to always hold my fingers in. Why I did that that day, I don't know. Yeah. But I caught it, and I didn't catch, I didn't, Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have videoed it. I'd have never known I'd done that. It's just little things. And honestly, here's here's the tip for the day. Here's the big takeaway. Is like I would venture to say probably, I don't know if Androids have it, but vast majority of these people that are going to be listening to this podcast have iPhones. Mm-hmm. iPhones can film on slow-mo. Yeah, How, how easy saying. would it be? And it oh, sounds, this, this would be worth it if you could film yourself shoot on slow-mo. I did that with Ben with my cell phone when he was trying to figure out why he wasn't paper turning good. Yeah. You can watch yourself. Even if you don't have a buddy, you could set it up somewhere and yeah. film yourself shoot in slow-mo. Not yep. so you can look cool and post it on Instagram and go, hashtag slow-mo shot. You can do that, too, if you want to. But we're saying <laughs> from the point of watching your form. Go to, go to a golf store and see what's the first thing they want to do with you if you ever, yep. for people that play golf. Yep. They want to video you, and they video you in slow motion and watch your swing. Do they really? The first, they tell you everything you're doing wrong. First time I ever took archery lessons, same thing. Mm-hmm. guy videoed me for 30 minutes, and he replayed me and told me all the stuff I was doing wrong. Did you have a whole list? Yeah, it was like three pages long. <laughs> uh, I've only got a one-page list now, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know what my page – I'd probably have a book. Uh, here we go. Here's the last – yeah, we'll get to this last question before we sign off because uh, I thought this was interesting. Um, we had a guy type in specifically that he was having problems um, during when a deer would come in during low light. And he was having trouble with, I think, I think the problem would, he was, ha- you know, not necessarily, he said it was light enough to where he feels like he should still able to be able to see his pins, mm-hmm. but he couldn't. Sounds like too small a peep to me. Th- that's what I was, yeah, I would say peep sight would be the issue because there, I mean, that can happen. You know, if you have too small yeah. of a peep and you go look and you can't see anything. Uh, Back your stand up a hundred yards closer <laughs> to where the deer's coming from. <laughs> yeah, should, where did he come from? Get there, get there quicker. Yeah, I mean, you've seen my peep. I shoot a, a quarter inch peep. Yeah, that's huge, but I can see it dark. Yeah, and I can't otherwise. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Do they still make that? They still make those 
so there's still sites where they have lights you can light up the pens can't you but how how big of a legal issue is that in some states some states is illegal i just yeah. check into it i wouldn't get in yeah authorizing yes yeah. some states it's legal but if you kill something you can't enter it into record books there's yeah. different there's different laws in different i've never states. shot one yeah. i remember i saw my buddy have one he turned it on i was like whoa which you know, if know. you've got a light on your site it still doesn't make that big a difference if you can't see past your That's site right. and usually the, the the problems i've had with site sites that have lights is when it's, you turn the light on and look through the you can't see you can't see past it all you see is the is the and it basically yeah. the iris of your eye shuts down because that light gets bright yeah. so everything past the sight goes black yeah. mm-hmm. so you really can't see yeah. i've uh, never i've never fooled with one the deal with a peep rule off hand is get a peep the same size as your house right that'll that's help one with thing people don't too. think about because last year i had a big aperture on my bow and my peep was a little bit too small. Explain what you mean when you say aperture. Aperture is that round part on your sight. It's basically the housing of the sight. Yeah, it's either going to have some neon green or some kind of tape. Or, you know, it's going to be the round part around like a, your pins. On, on black golds, it's, it's you know, like bright. Yeah, it's like I mean, fluorescent yellow neon color. Ring, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most of them are orange, green, something white. Yeah. But that's your aperture. That's yeah. what goes around your pins. And you pull back and get anchored chartreuse. in. Chartreuse. Chartreuse. That's the word yeah. we were looking at. It's yeah. chartreuse. Sounds uh, like a bass fishing worm. Yeah. Pull back, and you pull and get anchored in, and you look. Your peep should be even around with that aperture. Yeah, perfectly aligned. You should just barely be able to see your green. Yeah. You know, and that's going to help you anchor in and hold your form better every it's, time. And that'll help your consistency because again, if you if you're say you're shooting a really really big peep and the aperture's small, mm-hmm. you have room for error there. Right. Because you you could line it up on the where the top end's not touching. There's there's play in mm-hmm. there. There's room for you. I mean, it might not at twenty and thirty yards. It might not make that big of a difference, but it's well, you know, where I'm going with that is a lot of sites have different size apertures yep and if you have a site and black gold makes a smaller aperture site which makes you have a smaller peep if you're shooting it but they also have a bigger aperture and an even bigger one they have, i think they have three different size apertures yeah. you can get for your site yeah so Two if inch. i love for hunting is the big aperture because i can use a big peep and it's still going to line up my aperture and you're going to get all the lights you can get it dark right so that's a hunting setup yeah target the smaller apertures are better just because of lack of movement in your peep yeah. through your aperture. Do you think about, do you think pin size has any effect on low light? Absolutely. I would the, think it would. The bigger would. the pin, yeah. the more glow you're going to have. Right. And vertical pins versus horizontal pins yeah. make a huge difference mm-hmm. in low light. Mm-hmm. You ever shot vertical pins? Mm-hmm. And you can't, they ain't worth a darn in low light because all you see is a straight line. Yeah. yeah. I've never shot. Like a Christmas tree at the gra- mm-hmm. drag strip. Exactly. I've, I've never shot a vertical pin. I never, I've always been scared of them. Especially if you're hunting in a blind, it's even worse because if you're in a blind, everything in the blind's dark, so there's nothing there. And yeah. when you draw back and look through, all you see is a straight line and, and no pin. Yeah, and you don't know where to go mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, I right. could see that. That's all a bunch of little things. The hunting setup, if I had to pick one, is a big aperture, big peep, really little bitty pins. Yeah. That glow good, though. Yeah. That's what, um, and, and all this stuff, I mean, think about the things we've talked about. We've talked about arrow weight, broadheads, yeah, so. peeps draw uh draw length but and again i, I talked to which i know i've quoted Gilling, uh, tim gillingham once in this podcast before but i mean i mean he's someone good to quote in the world of archery but he said he was talking about this because he was telling me when he came down he was telling me a bunch of little things that i could do and i was kind of you know like eh, you know but you take a bunch of that little bitty stuff and you know you add a little bit of accuracy here add a little bit of accuracy here add a little bit of consistency that stuff adds up yeah till it, it makes a huge difference it, it's worth the time i really think it is to yep. do and gold tips got a lot of good stuff on their website too video wise on how to set up arrows oh, and absolutely. whatnot and 
Yeah, there's videos with Tim and explaining Levi stuff. Levi, too. I mean, look up Levi's stuff. That man. is, yeah. Uh, Levi Morgan uh, has a fantastic YouTube page yeah. for all things archery. It's and just, if you go to YouTube love, and type in bow life, it'll the, take you to it. The thing I love about Levi's tips is that I can understand them because I'm dumb and they don't go <laughs> over my head. Uh, yeah, so um, shout out for Levi's YouTube page. Last year, uh, we were, it was like a couple weeks before, it was a week or two weeks before we were, I was going elk hunting. Mm-hmm. First archery elk hunt I've ever tried to do, and I was in, in my normal form freaking out. And of course, my peep sight comes loose, comes untied. I don't know how to tie a peep in. Jordan doesn't know how to tie a peep in. This is a true story. Jordan gets on Levi's YouTube channel, searches in how to tie a peep, and he ties in my peep, and like everything was fixed in less than 30 minutes. It's a, yeah. uh, so yeah that's what i was saying earlier that the information's out there yep. and you can get all you want but when when you have a, a question or you want to get it done right go to the pros mm-hmm. i.e levi and his Definitely. website or yeah. go to the archery shop and yep. let, let somebody you know don't you wouldn't bring your transmission if you call it if transmissions tore up in your truck you're not going to bring it to the tire shop yeah the transmission man talking about archery shops too make sure they're like a hoyt dealer or matthews dealer or something because there's a lot there's a lot of guys out there that just hey i can work on a bow and Mm -hmm. they yeah they make sure they're qualified to do so yeah (laughs) we're talking about gathering light and sights i I can remember jordan said he was 28 i'm 53 now and i can remember back in the day when we used to paint the inside of our sights white yeah try to gather light and oh, paint that. the inside of peeps when peeps first came out and that's mm-hmm. when they were little bitty the ones that you used to shoot with the tube yeah, yeah. and you yeah. have to squint through those things we used to drill them out and it's it, some of the stuff you did has given us the equipment that we have today mm-hmm. just perfected it trial and error yeah. yeah yeah it's uh but yeah it, it's it's absolutely worth it so guys i hope you enjoyed the podcast I hope we answered all the questions that y'all sent in if we didn't or if you have more questions, feel free to send them into the Instagram page, the Facebook, or email them, whatever you need to do. But for now, that's going to be all for us. Thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.